The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. Mm. You, right? <laughs> <sighs> God damn it. Just got back from a dinner with children. And let me tell you what. Yeah. A fucking blessing when one decides to eat the other's food in the middle of a crowded Mexican restaurant that's built into a liquor store right near Westfield Annapolis Mall off of Ritchie okay. Highway. So... Adolf is uh, my son. He's not having it anymore. Is Adolf is throwing handfuls of fucking spaghetti at the wall. The other one brought all of their wrestling figures and is making John Cena. I don't have the heart to tell him it's not a proper AA. It's essentially a Tyler Rex burning hammer, uh, <laughs> burning, making him burning hammer him off of a plastic ladder into the mm-hmm. table's bowl of guacamole. <laughs> So uh, did it kick out? No, I I tapped out. Okay. I'm like, all right, all right, we're going, we're going. Nobody, nobody kicks out of a burning hammer. That's Ever. like, <laughs> yeah, it's instant death. That's we're it. We're leaving. Take care. That's untouchable. I will. Your, your your weird liquor store fucking Mexican food. I will say your beard is your beard game is strong right now, my friend. Yeah, it's it is itchy. fierce. It sucks. And what is this new view from Marty's room? Welcome, Rough House listeners. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at a different angle. Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh. And yeah. Inside yeah. of Marty's basement, it was usually the corner <laughs> of something. But wh- where are you at now? Uh, so we are undergoing a, a project in my house where we are moving uh, our makeshift office from what was uh, a bedroom upstairs into the basement downstairs. So basically you're just getting my shitty basement complete with random shelving that the people who lived here before left up. Mm. Hey, and uh, you know, built-in shelving is, is great. It's great. Big fan. Yeah, sup a little fuck hut down there. Lay yourself down some... Uh... <laughs> Sheets of plastic and an air mattress, and you can store all kinds of various lubrications, clamps, uh-huh. and mouth uh-huh. muffles in the back. Yeah, buddy. Um, so welcome <laughs> to the go-home show for Elimination Chamber. And oh, yeah. man, oh man, no one gives a fuck. Um, 
by according to ticket sales, uh, they are having to do well, two for one ticket sales right now oh, to get no. anybody even according remotely that, interested yeah. in them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just people I'm interested. interested. Well, people buying tickets to see it ain't. So the Ronda Rousey ploy has not done it. It's in, I believe it's Paradise, Nevada. Am I correct? It's in Paradise, Nevada at the T-Mobile Arena. That's Vegas, though, right? I Is that Vegas? The Las Vegas, Paradise, Nevada is Las Vegas. Okay, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, it's in Clark County. I guess it's adjacent to the city of Las Vegas. So, yeah, it's basically Silver Spring, Rockville, Chevy Chase, Towson right. to Hunt Valley. Right, so, right. yeah, you can stand on the roof and see the strip. So, it's Vegas, and they can't sell the thing out where you could have uh, a couple of you know gay guys taunting a fucking tiger in the middle of a, <laughs> is this card yours trick and have to turn people away. But you have... A various amount of their top stars with Raw, and you can't get people there, including the aforementioned Ronda Rousey added to the card for her contract signing and has not yeah. moved the needle. Yeah, very, very weird, very, very strange. I would figure Las Vegas has always been like a big UFC town. Like, that's where UFC basically boxing was. Too. Yeah, boxing as well. You would think that Rousey would get people in the seats, but... I, I I don't know what's not doing it. Maybe it's because we have, what, three, maybe four matches signed already for the pay-per-view, and that's it? And it's Sunday? Like, we'll, yeah. we, we've got eliminate. We got two Elimination Chamber matches. We've got Asuka and Nia Jax. We've got this contract signing. What am I forgetting? Because I assume uh, there's something else. Broken Matt and Bray Ah, Wyatt. there we go. There will probably be a tag team match, uh, one if not two. The bar have not been announced for a match yet, but probably Titus Worldwide. Um, uh, there may be a Revival Good Brothers match on the pre-show, maybe a Cruiserweight match on the pre-show. Um, I think that's it. Maybe that's the problem, though. The fact that you're saying maybe this and maybe that. Maybe all, uh, all these people in Las Vegas will go to the arena on Sunday. Maybe they won't. Yeah, maybe like they should have a full card announced. And like you said, this is a big UFC town. Chris, you said it's a big boxing town. You're both correct. And this is a big town <clears throat> for doing the pre-purchased comped tickets for high rollers and stuff like that, where yeah. you've heard before they'll 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 like MGM will buy eight thousand of the tickets or the Palace Station when it was still open would buy a bunch of the tickets and then hand them out to paper the room, even though the tickets were still bought, it technically counted as a sellout, that even Las Vegas themselves aren't buying these tickets to give out to people. It's hmm. it's curious that they have an attraction like this, that even the, 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 the resorts and the hotels and the casinos are like, you know what, no, we're not going to give these away. This isn't, this doesn't do a lot to add to our brand at... Uh, uh, MGM or or New York, New York, or you know uh, uh, the Mirage or whatever. Interesting. Well, I mean, uh, in terms of the card, you'd think that they put all their creative juices into the one main event match, and then everything else has just kind of suffered because of it. Because I personally have have quite enjoyed the build up in the booking to this Elimination Chamber match uh, as as we slide into Raw here. Holy shit, that was, you know, the first two hours was essentially one long gauntlet match um, that was overall pretty damn well booked and well wrestled uh, and 
pretty much everybody came out looking like a million bucks. Um, you know, maybe maybe Roman Reigns and John Cena taking the the pinfalls early uh, could hurt their stock a little bit, but. Can, can their stock uh, afford to take a hit like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the main winner, obviously, Seth Rollins, who put on the performance of a fucking lifetime. Uh, no, yeah. d- please go Sorry, ahead. Go Martin. ahead, Justin. Oh, no, sure. Thank you. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, a two-hour-long match. Uh, apparently, it's the longest match in WWE history. I mean, although if you look at it as several matches, subsequent yeah. matches, uh, but still, d- the fact that they took two hours of a three-hour show. Put on a hell of a match. Seth Rollins hasn't looked that good in ages. Like, he looked like an absolute world beater. Now, him losing to Elias instead of continuing on to go against Balor. But that's nitpicking. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yet, apparently not setting the fire we need to get butts and seats on Sunday, which is very, very strange. Justin, your thoughts. Now, let me ask you this. What was, and I might have missed this because I missed the first portion I, I started watching the match, but I, I missed the first ten minutes. What was the what was the point of that gauntlet match? What was the reasoning behind it? There, there wasn't a lot. It was just a, a, a final test for all seven competitors. Um, I think really, I, I feel like they booked it and booked it the way they did uh, as a showcase for Seth Rollins to to remind everybody that this guy, you know, is the workhorse. I mean, he was in SummerSlam 2015 shape. Uh, you know, that match, you, you know, with Cena that he had when he was the White Knight and came out with both titles. I think that was 15, right? Or was yeah. 16? Yeah, uh, it was 15. 2015. Yeah, so, um, and, you know, the fans got into it. I think it worked because the fans were way into it and way into Rollins. And, you know, it, it kind of, that match alone on Monday kind of re, uh, maybe reassess uh, how I think this may play out. And obviously, you know, uh, 90% chance that Roman Reigns is going to win. But that other 10% now is like, well, okay, Rollins has really been built up really well. And some somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm thinking this whole Finn Balor thing, this over thing has been a work. And then they're finally going to pull the trigger on him. Maybe that's just wishful thinking. I don't know. Um, you know, Elias has been booked really strong and he got a big pinfall over Seth Rollins. And then you've got... Braun motherfucking Strowman, who you want to talk about somebody the crowd is into, when when he came back and gave like the third running power slam to Miz, threw his hands up, and everybody in the fucking frame had both their hands up with him. Man, how, how do you not give that guy a chance? Yeah, he's really taken off right now. And uh, yeah, Strowman, we pointed out in the last episode, he's doing hilarious stuff with the whole cello gimmick. And then he comes in there and, and, does, and does what he does. Um, but my, I'm, still, I'm still curious and head-scratching about why the gauntlet match. About, now, again, it was, I was entertained by it. So I'm not, I'm not complaining about, like, I, I didn't want to see that. I didn't get it. Uh, much in the same way, like uh, leading up to some rumbles, and they haven't done this in a while. I don't know why the WWE has gotten away from this, where they would do uh, anybody that was running afoul of the authority or the general manager at the time would be put in at number one, and right. their 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 sweetheart, their man of the hour, they'd get to come in later on or at number thirty because you have the best shot with elimination chamber. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, the way it works is that you know a couple of guys will begin, and then someone else's cage opens, someone else's cage open until everybody's on in there, almost 
mini Royal Rumble-ish, but with more structure involved because of the actual sure. yeah. thing itself. Yeah, it's 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 a more goofy Royal Rumble with less people, more shtick. Uh, I didn't. I don't. I, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't have used this for something as as a way to punish one of the people. To you know, you've got like like Rollins. You had to go first, and you let's just say by grace of God, go he he beats everyone. Holy shit! So what? You're still in the elimination chamber. Everyone in that match is still in the elimination chamber. It does nothing for you in the elimination chamber. It made Rollins look like out to be a total ba. But if you're trying to make people look like complete badasses, why not have? Braun Strowman come out first and run roughshod through the table like, my God, how's anybody going to beat this guy? Or if you love Roman as much as they know that they do, you know, why not have him go and, and, and run through five cats or, or Cena the same? It seemed like they they had Braun come out towards the... Was he was he the last guy to come out? He was last. Or was he, yes. he was last? Yeah. He's not needed to come out last. Like, of course he's going to win. Whoever's in there with him has already wrestled. So no matter who's in there, it's not a question, oh, I wonder who's going to win between Braun Strowman Fresh and the guy that's already been wrestling. Logic dictates it's going to be Strowman. He's killing people that are fresh out of the locker room, much less somebody that's already gone through a gauntlet match. It was an interesting spectacle, but it was completely pointless. It had no reason for being. It was... That's why I'm saying I, I, this this elimination chamber, the booking has done, has done nothing for me. There's... It, there's no sense to it. There's the, the the only plot point so far was the tie between Balor and Rollins and them adding a seventh person. Like, oh, that's interesting. They're adding a seventh person. I wonder what the structure will look like. Maybe two people have to be in one container or whatever. But to me, the booking has made no sense leading up to Sunday. Uh, you, you do bring up a solid point there. Uh, I will point out, uh, just because uh, I forgot this happened, but uh, The Miz had lost a match a few weeks ago. He has to be the first person in the chamber. Uh, so they, they did do some level of that ah, weeks okay, ago. Good, good. yeah. My but, but, and, and Elias is the last one in. Right, right. He'll he'll be the last person in. Uh, so they have done some level of that. And you're right. There wasn't really an explanation of them doing this, this gauntlet match on Monday, besides, I think on Friday, they sent something out on Twitter and Facebook saying, hey, on Monday on Raw, we're doing this gauntlet match. What I did find out, though, that I thought was interesting was this was actually really successful ratings wise. It, it gave them a boost in ratings, probably one of the bigger boosts they've had in years. Now, granted, uh, apparently there wasn't as much competition on television that night. But sure enough, they you know, you look at the ratings for Monday night, that two hour chunk of Raw, specifically that first hour that Seth was in, grabbed eyeballs. So some elements of it are working, even if the end result, i.e. watch the pay-per-view on Sunday, isn't necessarily working out the way we want it to. Yeah. Well, that's why I that's why I think there wasn't a kayfabe reason for it. You know, they didn't mm -hmm. you know, they were talking about momentum and, you know, maybe somebody gets injured and they can't enter the chamber at 100 percent sort of thing. I think it was more of a way, you know, to remind everybody that, hey, Seth Rollins is a badass motherfucker and he's going to, you know, be pushed back to the top of the card now that this whole Jason Jordan fiasco is put on the back burner while he's injured. So that's that that's the way I kind of interpret it afterwards, uh, whether or yeah. not that was their intention. I like don't know, but like you said, 
post elimination, post WrestleMania, they right. they point out what happened on Monday. Like, okay, whatever happened right. elimination, but let's go back to that Raw where I beat both Reigns and Cena back to back. Because he also had a really good showing in the Royal Rumble, so he's <laughs> he's he's consistently uh, proving to be the Iron Horse. And they you know they have the new Monday Night Rollins um, shirt, and he's claiming yeah. himself to be Mister Monday Night. So I feel like they're they're trying to rebuild momentum for this guy now that the the aforementioned plans um, have been cast aside. So that's that's how I interpreted that. Okay, all right, I could see that. Yeah, again, not complaining about the action in ring because that first couple of hours was incredibly entertaining and like you said it was a great showcase yeah. for Rollins and everybody got to go in there and, and do everything that they do very very exciting just trying to figure out where that puzzle piece fit inside of the show itself also the card as it stands for now and this is on WWE just those four matches women's elimination men's elimination Oscar Nia Jax and Woken Matt Hardy Bray Wyatt uh you know, this is going to be one of these cards. Have we gotten a time on it yet as far as four-hour show, one-hour pre-show, three-hour show, one-hour pre-show? Uh, has there been any... I think pre-show's uh, any, at seven. Pre-show's yeah. at seven. Show I itself think. is at eight. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a standard pay-per-view. This is before they make the uh, apparent shift that we're, we're getting starting with Backlash of four-hour pay-per-views with a one-hour pre-show and... Both yeah. shows combined. Yeah. So this this so is the last confirmed. traditional one. It'll be the last. Okay, so well, with Fastlane all that, you've got Fast Lane's SmackDown yeah, show. Ex- what's Fast Lane just SmackDown show? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have two elimination chamber matches, which are probably gonna take up a big chunk of time per match. Yeah. Both the women's match, both the men's match. Then you're gonna have whatever uh, pageantry that they're gonna do. For Ronda Rousey, that I guess we're going to find out who she's going to take on at WrestleMania or some sort of hint of something at WrestleMania. I mean, you can't draw that segment out too much. Uh, did you see? Did you see the training montage on Monday Night Raw of of Ronda, quote unquote, training for pro wrestling? I didn't uh, catch it. Uh, I, I did. I will say it was interesting that she was rocking a Bo Leave t-shirt. I didn't know anyone bought them, let alone Ronda Rousey. But hey, there we go. Uh, someone had one. There's that, the one person. Yeah, that or, you know, it's what they use for loose rags at the Performance Center. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, it, none of it struck me as odd. Well, what, did you have a particular thoughts on it, Justin? Yeah, it was a lot of her doing mixed martial arts against people and kicking the shit out of them for two minutes. And... Two moments of pro wrestling. Uh, the last half of, excuse me, three. The last half of a snap suplex. Okay. Something that could be mistaken as a forearm <laughs> and her very lightly running the ropes. Not a bump, <laughs> not a slam, not a hold. It was a two and a half minute, I encourage you, go watch it. It's a two and a half minute long montage of her just fucking murdering people in, a, in an octagon in a cage showing us right. what she can already do and all the things that you're not going to see her do in the ring. She's throwing full hands. She's putting leather on people. She's doing high kicks against people with headgear on. You just showed a two and a half minute montage where two minutes and 20 seconds of which is shit. You won't ever see her do. <laughs> and I, 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 that was head scratching to me. It's like when you watch a video game cutscene. And you're watching the character that you've been playing the entire game 
pull off some acrobatic, double-barreled, double-fisted, backflip, super cyan horse shit that you're like, and I know my character is not able to do that because I've been controlling them for five levels. Why do you get to do that in the cutscene? I feel like I'm being lied to. Looking at you, every fucking Halo cutscene ever. I don't get to do that with the Master Chief. I don't get to dive out of the back of a fucking Covenant cruiser and blast my way on down through the atmosphere of a planet, land, and then dive into the heart of, again of a Covenant scarab trying to bring down the, that, that evil malicious force. You're just running around and shooting weird little turtle people as they go, oh no, and hiding behind rocks. Same thing with Rousey. You're seeing her do this shit, and I'm looking at it like... <laughs> shooting turtle people. She yeah. turtle people. Oh, yeah. was, no, this the video was her diving out of the Covenant warship. What we're going to okay. see at WrestleMania <laughs> is her using the Needler to shoot little turtle people hiding in and out of a, a, a poorly texture-mapped brush. It's not going to be what they teased on Monday, except for, I mean, that, that ball hair, that fucking just twat sliver of a suplex and a clothesline and a very, Chris, you and I ran the ropes. We run the yeah. ropes about as well as Ronda Rousey, according to what uh, they have shown well. us. And, and people are saying, well, that's only, you know, she's, she's training right now, so you got to give her time. That's what they showed us. That's what the WWE is right. selling us as far as their new big acquisition. You just showed some day one of OVW training camp type shit or us in a warehouse after eating pizza in the summer. Yeah, that was a terrible idea. And if you remember correctly, when uh, Nui Tofiga tried to do a leapfrog over me, I tripped over my fat two feet and face planted <laughs> into that mat. So uh, running the ropes not as easy uh, as it looks uh, when it is in regards to a three hundred plus pound Samoan man jumping over you. Okay, copy that. Ronda Rousey runs the ropes better than Kristoff does, but not <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> so, yeah, go watch it, uh, see what you think. But it was uh, intercut with moments of her at the Royal Rumble doing the hyper-animated WrestleMania sign point and what have you. Chris? Well, uh, yes, yeah, so now we're talking about Rousey. Do you think that they put the Women's Elimination Chamber match on last so that Ronda can proclaim her uh, choice of opponent um, afterward? Interesting. That's what, I mean. That, uh, what do you think, uh, Marty? I'm thinking Chris might be onto something. Where they did what they did at the Rumble, and if there's anything the WWE likes to do is have something generate some buzz and then do it again, yeah. fucking immediately, to where right. someone wins this historic women's elimination match, first one ever, very end, handheld high. Here comes Rousey into the cage to do what I can promise you will be a judo throw. She's going to yep. do a hip toss on them, and then she's going to do some sort of rear naked choke type thing. Don't look for any sort of you know, high-flying maneuvers or a real snap missile drop kick Ziggler a, or Bob Holly-like. I, I, think, I think you are absolutely right, Chris. I bet somehow she folds herself into the outcome of the Elimination Chamber match itself. Uh, where do you think she shows up, Marty? See, I'm actually thinking the inverse. I'm thinking they kick off the show with the women, and that means Rousey and whoever wins 
probably Alexa, maybe they can have some sort of interaction when Rousey signs her contract. Of course, I'm still not even sure if if Rousey's going to end up going against Alexa or Charlotte or, or any of these people. I'm still in the camp thinking this is going to be a McMahon to do. So this may not involve any of them whatsoever, but I, I would have actually thinking that they might kick off the show with the women's uh, elimination chamber just because they did just end the rumble with the first women's rumble. Cause it doesn't feel like, I mean, yeah, it's being said, but it doesn't feel like I'm being beaten over the head as much with historic, historic first time, first time ever historic, historic, historic. It it feels like they're, they're downplaying this one a little bit. And I think that's precisely why, because it's not going to be a main event. I could be totally wrong come Sunday. Of course. That's that's a valid point. Um, and you know, like you said, the, with the rumble, it was w- first ever women's rumble, first ever women's rumble. Like, yeah, you, you were bludgeon brothered with it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, maybe, maybe they've kind of, um, well, I don't want to say sour. That's not the right word. Maybe they're like, okay, well we've, let's put the men back in the main event. Cause they've really spent the majority of the time marketing this men's elimination chamber match because it deals with, you know, their seven biggest names on the brand and, you know, probably seven of the 10 biggest names in the company. Uh, if you, if you think about it, so uh, it makes sense that they're focusing on that. Um, you know, that being said, uh, I, I'm looking forward to both matches. I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, what Nia and Asuka have to, uh, have to do for us here and curious to see how that's going to play out. So if, if, if I remember this correctly, if Nia wins against Asuka, she gets put into Asuka's title match against whomever she chooses to wrestle. Is that correct? Yeah, if a uh, singles th- match, if Jax wins, she is added to the WWE Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. So it's uh, it's it's lose or draw for Asuka, and for Nia Jax, it's, uh, it's all or nothing. Now, I'm right. thinking the more we talk about this, what if that is the match where Rousey gets involved at some point? What if there is, God forbid... God for fucking bit. But what if somehow Asuka loses to Nia because of some sort of <sighs> Ronda Rousey interference? Even put that or, out there. Or Nia Jax <laughs> loses because of some Ronda Rousey interference and Asuka continues her streak and somehow uh, interjects herself into it. Because they're not going to start her off against, you know, uh, Mandy Rose versus Ronda Rousey. <laughs> you know they're, they're not going to have Mi- a Mickey James and Ronda Rousey program. They're booking her at somebody top of the fucking card. I personally still think they're going to do a mixed tag, but if she's going to be here anyways, I'm thinking Chris, you're either right that they're going to do something inside of the elimination or Oscar Naya, which has got all the makings of being a great match. Yeah. Maybe she comes out and makes her presence felt at some maybe just a distraction. Maybe she's just down there jawjacking or looking and distracts Nia and Asuka does a running knee to the back of her skull and caves her big fucking head in and, uh, you know, one, two, three. I mean, if they if they end up putting uh, Asuka's entire undefeated streak uh, to rest here because of Ronda, I, I would understand if that's what they're building to for Mania. Like, I, I guess one could explain, well, you know, going against Ronda, the granddaddy of them all, is better than having an undefeated streak. But it, it would feel like they're setting money on fire at that point. I, I, I feel like there's, there's so much invested in Asuka as you know an, an undefeated uh, wrestler in the WWE that 
giving it away to something like that just feels silly. I, you know, the idea of Naya Ronda wasn't really one I thought too much about, but not the worst thing. Now, the more I think about it, uh, both, granted, not the best workers in the world, but in terms of spectacle, it's at least a visual one, and God knows Vince loves visual spectacle more than almost anything else. Right. My question is, and and much like uh, at the Royal Rumble, um, which I was wrong about, by the way, with a two out of three falls match, why would you book a two out of three falls match if you wouldn't go to the third fall? Why would you book a match with a stipulation added to it if you're not going to fucking do it somehow? Um, so Fair. hopefully I'm, I'm wrong and, and they don't do it. I think that Nia Jax's stock wouldn't be hurt barely at all with a loss to Asuka because, uh, as we've said at nauseum, Asuka's been built very strongly and protected as such, and rightfully so, and hopefully that continues. So I think... Um, I think best case scenario with that is is Asuka uh, comes out a victor, whether it be a wonky, dusty sort of thing or a dominant or just barely squeaking by, I'd be fine with. Um, she doesn't have to come out and squash Naya. Uh, I just need her to pick up the victory. Now, looking at the other main women's match, the Elimination Chamber match with Alexa Bliss champion against Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, Sonya Deville... The big rumor right now is that we're going to see the heavy-duty heel turn of Sasha Banks in this match. This is going to be the match where we finally get the old, early NXT bully boss back. The boss might show up somehow, some way. And rumor being, and I hope this would be true, this would be great, was that Sasha, in a way, usurps the position that Paige had inside of Absolution, with Paige transitioning to some sort of backstage role, but them still enjoying Hmm. the three-woman group. One of the rumors I've seen floated out there that it seems pretty heavy-duty Sasha goes heel, but quite possibly somehow aligns herself Hmm. some way with Sonya, Mandy, and she sort of takes over the veteran role. I mean, I know it's it's interesting to say veteran and Sasha, but... You know, the, the, the elder of the three. And because yeah. you've seen Mickey and Alexa have formed some sort of tentative bond. And Bailey's just a fucking kite in a hurricane right now. She doesn't know which goddamn <laughs> way she's going. So, uh, you know, let let Bailey or Mickey or Alexa ble- be the sacrificial lamb and have. I'd love to see Sasha do some hide some brass knuckles in the trunks type of shit use the the door of the elimination chamber on the head of a bailey something but uh that that would be my hope honestly i don't really care who wins the title i don't really have much in the way of a a dog in the fight but i do want to see some character development for someone or particularly sasha yeah, well, it, with Sasha turning heel, it kind of opens some some interesting possibilities because then uh, my mind immediately goes to Asuka versus the boss at WrestleMania uh, with those other two flocking uh, her sides. I think that would be uh, that would be great, you know. And even considering the 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 short well not, not short it was a decent uh, length match they had Sasha and Asuka did a couple weeks on Raw. Uh, aside from Sasha almost killing herself on that tope like an idiot, um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of. That kind of uh, gets me excited for that possibility at Mania with Sasha with Sasha winning there. 
I will say one of the things that's really interesting is is, is thinking about us just talking about the the women's booking, uh, you know, what they could do for the Raw women's title. Uh, even what we were talking about earlier with, uh, you know, Seth uh, looking so great, with Braun looking so great, what they could do with the Lesnar title match. A few weeks ago, like right around Rumble time, we probably could have said verbatim what we thought the Mania card would be. I don't know if they're just getting really good at kind of muddying the road to WrestleMania, but I'm starting to feel like there are these alternate matches that we're starting to see come to life. I don't know if they're booking for things post-Mania or what, but it's interesting to see that we're not 100% sure who Rousey's going to go against. We're not 100% sure what the Raw title match is going to be. We're not 100% sure what the Raw women's title match is going to be. I, I, I didn't think I'd be saying that, you know, in mid-February on the way to Mania. Yeah, I'm looking at the, 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 the predicted card here, and it is very, very fluid. Now, uh, uh, so far, you have, like, if you if you just read the Wikipedia of it all, you have, obviously, the tournament final match for the vacant WWE Cruiserweight Tournament. Then sure. you're going to have Brock Lesnar versus TBD, Asuka versus TBD, and Shinsuke versus TBD. And that is it. There's really no one locked in place for now. And it's six weeks away. So I know Rumble's the, the, the road to WrestleMania, but it almost seems like in recent years, they're really waiting until like almost the last two weeks to really put the card in place, being that Mania sells itself at Mania. And sure, sure. there's some, some spectacles that you could have. We're obviously going to see Ronda Rousey for the first time. You're going to see uh, the possibility of Kurt Angle wrestle again with a one-on-one uh, who knows if they'll do or not do Cena Taker. You don't know where Triple H is going to show up. Is Triple H going to become the new... He's becoming the new Taker as far as he shows up every WrestleMania, except he's like the, the reverse right. of Taker. He shows up and <laughs> he puts usually he'll lay down. Yeah, he'll put some folks yeah. over. He's sort of a reverse Taker. But yeah, you're right. I, I don't know what this WrestleMania card looks like right now. Of course, you'll have a ton of time they've sort of uh, not painted themselves in the corner they've given themselves a nice uh, uh, bit of business to play around with very malleable the Andre the Giant Battle Royal that can go as short or as long as you need it to to move stuff around and then you'll have you know your your, your various main events I, I still don't feel in my heart of hearts they go with Brock and Roman I don't I don't think they do I feel like that's a thing that's been floated out there forever but I don't see with just six weeks out, I don't feel like those two have even had the Bludgeon Brothers crossing paths with the Usos sort of stare across at each other and then continue on with their respective feuds. No, like, light brushes with each other. I mean, those two, well, those two dishes never are there. way. He's never there. <laughs> He's, those two dishes are Unfortunately. super far, on the, are far, are far apart on the plate. So I, I feel like there's going to be something different for each one of those gentlemen. Well, Roman, because uh, he opened the show with a little bit of promo, and he did mention how he uh, he's the only person that could be Brock Lesnar, that can be Brock Lesnar. Braun Strowman couldn't do it. Seth Rollins couldn't do it. Finn Balor, well, never got a chance to, but whatever. <laughs> uh, he, he did mention that. So I feel like that was kind of the first... Um, mention of those two on air of coming together um, aside from whoever wins elimination will go on to face Brock Lesnar sort of thing. Um, but like you said, I, 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 I am 
cautiously optimistic that it won't be Reigns. And this is this this isn't Roman Reigns smart heat or whatever uh, you you want to call it. This is me looking at how. Uh, the last months of shows have been and you know uh, uh, whether it's reverse momentum with Roman Reigns getting pinned a fair amount of times recently or uh, the full-on momentum of a Braun Strowman just kicking everybody's ass getting super over selling a ton of merch and getting everybody behind them um, I feel like if it's not going to be Brock uh, Roman it has to be Braun yeah I'm with you I think I think Brock and Braun is the money right now. Really, Brock and Braun is the money. I mean, obviously, and here's the thing too, neither one of those guys are any larger than the other as far as mainstream acknowledgement. Sure, Roman has got more tenure and Roman seems to be more entrenched with the back office guys and, you know, Braun is still very, you know, new in his tenure. You know, he's been there for a few years now, but Roman's been doing it, you know, better at a higher level longer. But it isn't one of those things that, no, we got to put The Rock versus Cena in because that's going to get a bunch of eyes on. Ronda Rousey's going to do that. Ronda Rousey's going to get the big mainstream, wow, look at this. This is happening. Hey, people that don't usually watch this, watch this. I think, I think the smart money and I think the entertaining money is on what Vince's, you know, for decades love, the beef-on-beef beef battle of two big bastards, yeah. especially when they can both go. You've got two dudes that can really, for real, work. You got a big ass son of a bitch in Brock, who's proved for years he's as nimble as a 205er. And then you got Braun, who every single week is just impressing you with some other facet of his game. We know what we're going to see out of Brock and Roman. We know what we're going to see out of Roman and Cena. And we have seen Brock take on Braun. But on a grand stage like this, where they're the focal point and the title's on the line, and you let Braun have just a big, powerful, not heelish, but a powerful reign of destruction on the way there, with Roman finally, not excuse me, Roman, Brock finally looking like he's the underdog. He's never looked like he's the underdog against anybody. He never looked like he was the underdog when he was taking on The Rock back in the day, when he was taking on Cena as of more recently, he was taking on uh, Roman Reigns. He's always been the dude on top. This is the first time that he would look like he's the guy fighting out from underneath. Even though he has beaten Braun, this is a different Braun than the last time that they faced one-on-one. His game has very quickly elevated to uh, whatever happened in that fucking garbage truck turned him into something else. There was some sort yeah. of weird TMNT ooze in there that got a hold of Braun. Yes, he, it, actually, he, he took, he's training in Tromaville right now, okay? Fucking Team Toxie. And he is so much better week to week that it's a different match now if they want to do it. And I think it's a bigger spectacle. I think it's more entertaining. And it's a fresh matchup. And I wouldn't mind seeing Roman take on Seth. Do a Seth and Roman program, because it sounds like it's what they're going to do after Mania if rumors are to be believed. Very, very true. Uh, on on the Braun point, question I had for you guys about the main event, pre- the presumed main event. Seven men, one of them is Braun. Uh, what stupid 
stunt do you think they have planned for Braun and the Elimination Chamber on Sunday? He's he's God. torn down part of uh, the scaffolding. He's flipped yeah. over an 18-wheeler. Like, they have to gimmick something for him to do in this match, right? Like, th- it feels like a, a lost opportunity if they don't. Maybe uh, he removes part of the grate that keeps uh, outside the ring between the pods <laughs> together and Miz escapes or something like that. Um, I could see that. Or Miz Taraj gets in uh, to for a little bit of a of three-on-one beefcake. Um, I don't know. He, obviously, there's there's not room physically to tip over an elimination chamber. Sure, they could right. bring it any way they want. Uh, as much as I'd love to, to see that. It. <laughs> it would be amazing, and the memes going around of that are hilarious. Yeah, However, yeah. just it's physically impossible in an arena to do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure, and I, I that's what another thing that's making me excited about it, because you know there's going to be some ridiculous feat of strength, and uh, my, my anticipation of that is just as much for the rest of the match. Yeah, I'm looking at the Elimination Chamber structure itself, and it has it's changed throughout the years. At one time, it was circular, and another time, it was square. This time, they have to add a seventh person inside of the chamber. What I think would be hilarious, absolutely hilarious. You want to do a funny feat? You put Miz and Braun in the same fucking pod. <laughs> and you treat it like a goddamn jail cell where they keep cutting over to Miz just cowering in pure terror as he's trapped in there with that large man. And finally, is Miz... I'm sorry, Miz was going to be the last one to... Or the first one? Miz in? is first in. First well, in. that's the thing. There's yeah. not one first in. There's three first in. They're starting right. it out as a triple threat and then four people in the pods. So that's, so that's how they're funny. doing it. If it was time for the Miz to get out, and it's Braun <laughs> using Miz literally as an object to bash the door open. Like, he's just lifting him yeah. up and smashing him inside of this thing. Like, you're trapped inside of some horrible fucking Adabisi from Oz type situation. There's <laughs> nothing the back of a you Volkswagen. can do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. somewhere tight. Call me Joey. Like, Call me Donnie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I just can't resist a chocolate pretzel. And then he, just, <laughs> he uses him to beat him down and throw him through what I'm assuming will be another glass case this time. I, Probably. I don't see pictures. I, I'm, and I've been looking. I don't see any pictures of what the structure this is going to look like this yeah. year. Yes, because uh, it has changed from year to year. The, the one thing I was thinking of, I know a few years, I mean, God, it's probably 10 years back at this point, but the, the one time where they ran it out of SummerSlam and they had both Goldberg and Triple H in the Elimination Chamber, they had Goldberg punch through uh, the pod to get to Triple H. I would love to see Braun punch his way yeah. out of the pod because I figured that that's probably the one that will cause the, the least strife to the actual structural idea. integrity and yeah. the visual of him saying, fuck it. I don't care if it's my time to come out yet. And just punching his way out would be insane. Yes. Love it. But yeah, that you would know, be pretty we'll incredible. See. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the possibility of a Rollins and Reigns match really kind of uh, is, is getting me uh, getting me all tickled uh, tickled up underneath here. So I think that's uh, that would be really good for WrestleMania. Uh, let me ask you a question about Braun Strowman. And I'm not um, – I don't want this to, to take a, a, a political route. However, Braun Uh-oh. Strowman has a YouTube um, show where he reviews and shoots guns. Now okay. – Guns are a very hot topic in America right now. Deep breath, think, everybody. 
Do you think, um, and obviously Vince's allegiances with the Donald uh, are, are well noted. Linda McMahon is one of the cabinet and everything. Do you think Vince, you know, sits him aside and be like, hey, maybe maybe, maybe chill out on the show for, uh, for a couple months so the climate uh, chills out a little bit? Well, if the rumors about how Apollo lost his last name are true, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Apollo Cruz loses Cruz because of the shooter in Florida's last name being Cruz. So yeah. he sort of let that go. Um, yeah, I would. I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they said, hey, why don't you go ahead and just sort of uh, take a back seat to the channel and then come spring, summer, go ahead and try out, you know, yeah. every single last Tavor IWI556 that you want to in Utah's 12-gauge that's coming out. Enjoy that Glock 9X. Go go nuts. But for now, yeah, I could I could see them see them doing that. I don't see it causing any sort of controversy, but I could see no. somebody maybe being yeah. like, "Hey, let's uh let's be very let's be very careful with our YouTube channels. Let's be very careful with our Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's be very careful with our social media. Uh, particularly you, one half of the former MCW tag team Sudden Impact that already got in trouble, Leo Rush, with yeah. the Emma tweet from some time ago and has lost his spot in the Cruiserweight tournament to Buddy Murphy. Seems like he is still trying to dig himself out of that. And then today comes the other half of that tag team yeah. with the Team Dream is decided. Uh, Patrick <sighs> Clark, again, former MCW guy, doing real, real well. Great matches. Hell of a showing in Philadelphia. Hell of a something against Alistair Black. He has been banging on all cylinders. And then he writes today, if I can shoot for a minute. Always I'd a great on- start. A great start. I'm sure the WWE loves that when they say uh, you can shoot. <laughs> That's the wrestler Jesus. equivalent of saying, I'm not racist, but. But, yes. but <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm beyond irritated by the indie guys coming into NXT, taking up spots, living out their dreams, pretending <sighs> to be actual talent, or as we put it, capitalized, superstars. I'm homegrown talent. And I breed success on my own terms. Reactions prove it. Facts are facts. If anyone under contract has issue with the dream, I am easy to find. Oh, shit. Here come the wolves. So everyone is now linking to that tweet all the independent booking posters he was featured on (laughs) prior to coming to Uh. NXT. And before NXT, people putting on clips of him on a reality show with right. other people trying to get into NXT and the WWE. You <sighs> found your way in NXT. You have this great character. You've been putting on incredible matches. But quite literally, your MCW tag team partner, Leo Russ, shot himself in the fucking foot for this same type of shit. And frankly speaking... These people don't just walk into NXT, pick a bunk, and drop their bag and head out to the ring. They're invited by the company. They're welcomed by the company. You are getting on the people by default that invited them into the performance center and developmental. And Chris, top of your head, the first person that comes to mind by the new indie talent coming to NXT... 
Prince Puma, aka Ow. Ricochet. Holy shit! Yeah. Holy shit! That's a huge fucking acquisition for them. How yes. about War Machine? Yeah. All right. You've got some real deal talent that just showed up, and you're already shooting. Okay, you're already shooting on these guys. Like, we're trying to yell at Ronda Rousey about being a good locker room mate, and she better show respect <laughs> when you get there. And then Velveteen, who seems like he did everything that Leo didn't, yeah, is now doing this shit. And if I'm one of them in the back, I'm yelling, get the fuck off of Twitter. Stop it. Run everything through us. I'll even, you know what? I'm going to pull back the curtain for you. Do you know we have a new thing at the radio station where any tweet, that involves anything dealing with a client, whether it be a Jones Junction, whether it be a Lido Pizza, whether it be a Window Nation, whether it be a Dr. Ed Laser, so on and so forth. You send the tweet draft to a gentleman at work that does our social media digital platforms. Uh-huh. They look at it, they vet it, and then they will send it out. Tweet Facebook all you want. If it involves a client, it's now got to be vetted. Just to make sure that it is up to speed because it is our money. Don't fuck with the paper. Yeah. And right now, Ricochet is fucking money. War Mm. Machine's fucking money. And you're fucking with the paper. And people ain't going to be happy about that. Uh, If if I may just throw out a thought here it was only a few weeks ago where we're like oh booker t hates Corey graves and Corey graves hates booker t and then they're like oh we were working you guys to to do something for our radio show it was really stupid no one looked any better out of it i don't know what they're planning for dream for nxt new orleans but it would be a great way to build a Velveteen Dream against Ricochet in New Orleans to have him go out there and tweet something like that and That's get true. some heat on him and get some eyeballs on him. I mean, it's it's fair to say that NXT is the brand that is booked for the Smarks, the, the IWC, the people who read all the tweets and watch all the Instagram videos and all the different things. I'm not saying that what he said wasn't stupid. If it was legit, it was incredibly stupid to do. Yeah. But not a terrible way to, you know, uh, get some get some eyeballs and get some fire behind something that they might end up doing in just a few weeks on TV. If, if it's a work, then good. And yeah. Is, uh, I, I want it to be. I want it to yeah. be. No, I do too because I want nothing but success for the kid. I would love that to be too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it. your logic is perfectly sound with that. I, I would, you know, I would pay money uh, to see that match. Um, yeah. That would be a great fucking match. So, yeah, uh, let's let's just let's just hope <laughs> that that it's uh, that that it's a work because you know what maybe and it kind of would make more sense if it was knowing the history between Leo and and Patrick. So mm-hmm. you know, oh maybe he borrowed a page from right and, and, and turned right. it into a work with some some right. company uh, some company approval. And let me break down a couple of things here. Also, this there's not a precedent that that hasn't been set for this before. Can you? Can anybody here remember a pre early day pre NXT pre Shield? FCW era Dean Ambrose when he was fucking with Mick Foley yeah. online. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. garnered brutal heat on him. Yeah. 
And then it was revealed that he had the whole thing discussed with Mick and everything. And then for some reason or another, uh, it didn't work out with Mick being there. And then it ended up, I think they transferred the the, the angle to, to Regal. And it was Regal for a little while, yeah. taking on Dean and, you know, Jaw Jacket and him being this, you know, combustible element. So then, then you have what you said, Marty, about... The, the most recent thing with Booker T and Corey Graves. And again, shout out to a dear friend of the show, Jen on Tim, who uh, knows a lot more people than we initially thought that she did in the company and said, in her opinion, and some other people floated it out there, that that might have been a shoot that was told or explicitly instructed, hey guys, you're going to go on that fucking podcast and you're going to say this shit is uh, all above board mm, and we okay. were having our ha-hats. Okay. And the example that she gave was go and listen to the Royal Rumble commentary from this year. Go back and pretend that they never did the interview on Booker T's podcast and so we're all like, ha-ha, let's see how far we can take it. And there is a level of I'm going to fuck you up yeah. coming from Booker <laughs> onto Corey Graves and some meager mumbling responses from him that would they have done that for shits and giggles at one of the top three biggest pay-per-views of the year to start an online feud to get ears on a podcast with no match payoff? It it didn't make any sense. Yeah. There's no, like you said, there's no payoff to it. Yeah. There's nowhere for it to go. No one gives a shit about Booker's T, his fucking podcast or his radio show. No one gives a shit. It's not even on the network. If it was for like a stone cold thing because you could do a special on network, okay. This right. thing reeks of someone getting a hold of them and being like, hey, you're going to fucking squash this shit now. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not let's not put it out of the realm of reason that WWE would, would start a storyline that has no potential payoff. Look at you, <laughs> Shane McMahon and Daniel fucking Bryan because that shit is still kind of happening and I'm... Man, SmackDown, hot fucking mess. Uh, I, I think Smackdown's I'm a fish- fucking trash. Oh man. my I think god! I'm officially sick of Kevin Owens, and I fucking hate that I have to say that right now. Um, we, we, we can come back to that. Too I much. Think. Yeah. Go oh ahead, no! Uh, while we're here, fuck oh, it. Let's oh, okay. Get into yeah. It now. No, I, uh, no, I'm with Chris. That's a perfect transition. Yeah, uh, uh, Marty, your thoughts? I uh, think SmackDown right now is terrible. Uh, you know, it's always been uh, put into me, uh, you know, don't, don't say uh, anything bad unless you have something nice to say first or however the fuck that goes. Uh, the whole thing with Owens and Zayn where Owens is now scared of Zayn was awesome. Then there was the rest of the fucking show. Yeah. I don't fucking get it. I, I uh, Dolph and, and uh, Corbin uh, both lost after just winning their title shots at Fastlane. Uh, the feud between uh, uh, Bobby Roode and, uh, and uh, Jinder and Orton. Oh, Jinder, yeah. Jinder, Jinder is angry at Bobby Roode for not voting Jinder into the top ten. Therefore, the match at Fastlane is Bobby Roode against Randy Orton. <laughs> I I don't fucking get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're getting Usos against New Day again, which is cool because I like those matches. But what's the deal with the Bludgeon Brothers thing? Unless right. this is building to some like tag smash up to do at Mania, which is probably likely. Uh, Rusev, the most over guy on SmackDown, not on the show. Nakamura, the guy who's going against AJ Styles for the title at WrestleMania, just mumbling about going against AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I, I don't 
I don't understand it. I, yeah, you have one of the most over <laughs> things. You you have this this gold in your hands. It was this. Am I mistaken? I might be. Was this the second week in a row where second. Rusev hasn't been? Correct. Second. You have something that's a gift just given to you. Yes. For a guy that had no direction and anything that he was booked at was 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 garbage post WrestleMania tank entrance. Looking at you, three way hotel Enzo love triangle story. Uh, <laughs> and that's let's has it aged well at all. He was fucking on screen. <laughs> then you're gifted with this Rusev thing. You somehow, by the grace of God, get an extra scoop of whipped cream on this How's This Happening Sunday by Aiden English getting a little yeah. bit over. Aiden English, the guy that should have been thrown on the fucking woodpile when his old partner Gotch left. He, what are you going to do with this guy? He's just a singing, weird-looking... He's like the world's most healthy-looking cast member of Rent. He's out there fucking getting over. He's getting Rusev Day over. You're selling Rusev Day cards shirts and you don't put them on two weeks in a row <sighs> what i can't i i can't justify it i want to believe in my heart of hearts like oh, okay it's a book it's always being written well you can't just leave a bunch of blank fucking pages in a row and that's what you did and like you pointed out with nakamura he is gonna be taking on your crown jewel aj styles and yet he's involved in some weird Archie comic book fucking back and forth between the two people of power, two warring buddies, not buddies. Zane's turning fucking insane. Owens is now scared of the guy that he once, I mean, prison raped in NXT. <laughs> and, I mean, you're now scared of one of the fucking pie tasters, really? You're scared of someone from the specials? The fucking walking trombone that is Sami Zayn? You're worried about Mr. Pop-Up uh, Powerbomb? Mr. fucking Killstein Kill? You're worried about one of the real big fish's tambourine technicians? Get the fuck out of here with that shit. None of that makes sense. The whole fucking show is a dumpster fire right now. SmackDown's not only just fallen off, it's gotten it's gotten as bad as it was when it was just a raw recap show. Yeah. Because when it was just a raw recap show, at least you had some people that were also featured on Raw. Right. Now there's people that I can only see on SmackDown. I gotta watch SmackDown if I want to see Owens, if I want to see AJ, I want to see Shinsuke, I want to see Rude. And you're fucking them all. You're fucking all of them. And it's killing me. You're taking a fucking Lamborghini and you're having it drive five miles per hour in reverse uphill in the snow. When you're like, what are you doing with these fucking things? Where are my fashion files, goddammit? Where are fashion files? Why aren't the Bludgeon Brothers hitting people in the fucking head? Why isn't the Ascension, who goddammit you somehow made me give a fuck about again, doing nothing? They have they have shit. The, the land of opportunity has turned into the land of the tire fire with SmackDown and uh -huh. WrestleMania, month and a half away. One yeah. more one more pay per view to fix it. I man, they might be too in, into the weeds to do so at this point. So what I don't you're know saying? What the fix is. Go ahead, so, Marty. So so Justin, what you're trying to say is you are not excited about the fact that Ruby Riot's getting a women's title shot at Fastlane. <laughs> <laughs> She looks fuck such a fucking dork. 
God, she's just a dork. She's just a... I don't know how to say it. She's just every fucking Good Brothers T-shirt just to have a picture of her on the back of it, throwing up the fucking horns with a nerd meter, just pinging fucking hard. No, I don't give a shit about her and her or weird Night of the Living Dead looking fucking pal and that 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 country fucking Slim Jim salesman hee haw pal of hers with her stink dreads. All of them are shit. I mean, all of them are shit back there. I think. Let me give you. Let, let me give you a theory as to why I think they're spinning their wheels so badly. I bet, and I'm, again, this is. I, I say I bet. I hypothesize that in the back of their heads, their big ace in the hole, their big put a bullet between the eyes of Raw as far as holy shit, gotta watch SmackDown. Was the Daniel Bryan wrestling again thing? You could have every last great gauntlet match in the world on Raw. You could have fucking Strowman uh, literally holding every member of the the Philadelphia Philharmonic in his arms and playing them like a gigantic human fucking banjo. You could have uh, just every last Taker show back up or Elias sing along or whatever great Miz segment that you get. If over on SmackDown the next night you got an announcement that Brian's wrestling again, SmackDown wins that week. Yeah. SmackDown's the show. And they set it up with so many fucking back and forths with Shane and and Daniel Bryan and their proxies that I feel you don't do that much back and forth without them wondering, are we going to do it? No, we can't do it. Maybe we can, maybe we can. Maybe we can, maybe we can. Okay, we're not going to. Well, maybe we're going to. I feel like they're holding out Hope for a last-minute fucking Hail Mary. <sighs> Fuck it, he can wrestle. Okay, that's it. Daniel Bryan, he wrestles again, and SmackDown shoots right back to the top of the heap in the WWE right. universe. That's it. That is literally the only saving grace of that show is on the week prior, the go-home show, or the week prior to the go-home show, Daniel Bryan gets up in Shane McMahon's face. I'll fucking see you at WrestleMania. No disqualification match. Crowd comes unglued. The city sets itself on fire, and I'm hunched over in front of my television, ready to watch uh, uh, the, the pre-show from my hotel room before running off to fucking go see WrestleMania in person. I'll I might fly out a fucking day early if I find out that Daniel Bryan's wrestling. That's it. That's all you can do to save SmackDown for me right now is to announce that. Because if not, you're fucked. You're completely fucked. Yeah, agreed. So with WrestleMania, you're you're going. You're not getting there. You're not doing NXT or anything. Nah, I'm not too much wrestling. I'll just fucking watch out on my phone or something like that. We're gonna go see a donkey show in the Garden District. (laughs) (laughs) The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast featuring one guy whose radio dreams came true and another guy who failed miserably at being a successful broadcaster. And Marty. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it.
Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.